Welcome to the premiere episode of the Canadian Museums Association podcast. This is the first in a three-part series centered on the state of museums today, viewed through the lens of the CMA's 2022 conference theme, Dismantling Foundations to Build a Better Tomorrow. Over the course of the series, we will hear from three speakers sharing their perspectives of the present, past, and future of the Canadian museum sector. Massimo Bergamini is CEO and Executive Director of the Canadian Museums Association. Heather George is an Indigenous curator currently working at the Woodland Cultural Centre and a CMA board member. And Luann Neal, an artist and arts advocate currently working at Creative BC, British Columbia's Creative Industry Catalyst. Following a three-year tenure as head of Indigenous Collections at the Royal BC Museum, Luann is also a member of the CMA Reconciliation Council. Canadian museums are at a crossroads hit hard by the pandemic. Some accused of discriminatory hiring practices and work environments, many others for their colonial structures facing calls for repatriation of their treasures and new narratives to include truthful Indigenous history and collections and representations. In other words, Canadian museums are dealing with many of the same debates besetting our broader society. According to Massimo Bergamini, he's the Executive Director and CEO of the Canadian Museums Association. It's an interesting question. How we got here is the history of Canada. Ours is a colonial history, so we are the fruit of colonization. Our institutions are colonial institutions. Our constitution reflects a binational, bicultural compact. It just doesn't align with the awakening of an assertion of an indigenous presence, an indigenous political force unlike anything that we have seen before. So on the one hand, you have a shift in the configuration of political power, which I think is for the better. There is also a recognition politically and socially of the injustices of the past. Heather George is curator of Indigenous Histories at the Canadian Museum of History, a guest curator at the Woodland Cultural Centre on Six Nations near Brantford, Ontario, and a member of the board at the Canadian Museums Association. Museums are a reflection of the societies that they are in, right? And we as museum workers are that as well. They can't really be separated from each other. And I certainly say that in terms of Indigenous realities, both socially and politically. They're so interconnected. It'd be really fun to think if museums were in this beautiful bubble where we never had to think about what was going on outside, but that wouldn't be very effective in supporting our communities. We really are seeing that today, but it also requires the general public to engage. And it requires us to engage with the general public. It's a two-way relationship in that if museums want to change, and if the public wants us to change, then we need to actually make room for those conversations. And the change that we make is usually reflective of broader conversations. 
Last fall, the Royal BC Museum announced plans to close parts of its First Peoples Gallery as one step towards decolonization. The gallery had been widely criticized for focusing on settlement of the province by European pioneers. It was the latest in a difficult period for the museum. So it's not surprising that museums as institutions of this colonial construct are still caught within those paradigms. So what we're seeing in our sector is an attempt to shed the trappings of colonialism and great efforts are being undertaken to do that. I believe the real challenge is to translate what we are doing institutionally and the kind of conversations that are taking place institutionally, the kind of transformations that are taking place within our institutions, translate them into something that resonates with the larger population so that it can actually transform our thinking and transform the political discourse so that we can begin the work at chipping away at the broader institutional foundations of our country. Otherwise, we run the risk of creating these institutional islands that may have shed some of the trappings of colonialism, but still remain very much trapped in a framework which is alien to and hurtful for very many of our fellow citizens. Well, it's a new direction for the Royal BC Museum, a new department called First Nations and Repatriation. Its creation was announced back in The January. effort to decolonize the Royal BC Museum's First Peoples exhibit is expected to take years and will include consultations with Indigenous communities and long overdue repatriation of materials. But the struggle to be heard and included goes back many decades. It's really interesting to me that the groundwork Expo 67 and the Indians of Canada Pavilion and Russ Moses and the work he did. That groundbreaking work was happening in the 60s and 70s already. The largest World's Fair ever, Expo 67. Host Canada is among 62 nations who have built 100 pavilions on the 1,000-acre site of entertainment and education. The Indians of Canada Pavilion, as it was called in 1967, presented to the world a rare view of Indigenous culture along with commentary on the suppression of that culture and the attempt to assimilate Indigenous children. The work of residential school survivor Russ Moses, who headed the project as Deputy Commissioner General, was considered groundbreaking, a watershed of Indigenous self-representation in front of national and international audiences. His son John Moses has continued his legacy as supervisor of repatriation at the Canadian Museum of History and managing the preservation of artifacts and documents at the Canadian Conservation Institute. It's a question that museums around the world struggle with. Who owns art, antiquities, cultural artifacts, and even human remains taken by colonial powers over the past few centuries? From the so-called Elgin marbles removed from Greece to the cultural artifacts of Canada's First Nations displayed around the globe, there are growing demands for such items to be returned. What's a museum to do? In 1994, a task force of First Peoples and the Canadian Museums Association produced a report calling for changes within heritage institutions, including Indigenous involvement in interpretation of history, access to museum archives, repatriation of materials, and training to allow Indigenous communities to set up their own museums. 
but the interesting thing is it kind of stalled. So like there hasn't been a lot of progress since maybe the 90s. There's been small things, but certainly on this sort of broad national policy level until the Truth and Reconciliation Report and probably more significantly the news out of Kamloops. There's a developing story out of British Columbia. A First Nation says the remains of more than 200 children have been located, buried on the site of a former residential school, in fact, the largest residential school in the entire national network. The discovery of 215 grave sites at a former residential school touched off international condemnation and an awakening. Indigenous people can talk about this all we want, but until the general public and non-Indigenous people are interested in making the change, we're a minority always. And so it's very difficult to make this change. And so we basically can go back to this work that was being done in the 90s and in the 70s, and everything that was being said then is still so relevant today. So it was just we didn't have the momentum. So I think now we have a lot more momentum. I hope that it lasts. In 2007, the United Nations declared that Indigenous people have the right to practice and revitalize their cultural traditions and to preserve and protect artifacts along with other aspects of culture. Initially, Canada was one of only four nations to oppose the declaration, but finally accepted it almost 10 years later. Luann Neal is an Indigenous West Coast artist, former curator at the Royal BC Museum, and also a member of the Canadian Museums Association's Reconciliation Council. The UN Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples, if you go through and see what the declaration says, it actually pulls together much of what's been said probably for the past 50 or 60 years that First Nations communities have been saying forever, that we have a right to determine our own destiny. We have a right to say whether things should be in museums. We have a right to bring home ancestral remains that have been dug up in our territories over countless years and offer these people a proper reburial. So the UN Declaration provides that framework. What happens now is that individual organizations then need to take a look at policies that align with some of the things that are talked about in the UN Declaration and rework how their policies are written, what their intent is, and whether the policy is in and of itself discriminatory. So I think there's an interesting balance between the UN Declaration, Canada's Human Rights Charter, and also the recommendations that came out of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, the Task Force on First Peoples and Museums. When you lay out all these things together and underpin it with Section 35 of the Constitution, it's pretty comprehensive and clear that organizations in a colonial structure have a lot of work to do. But I think that people need to not feel like, where should I begin? If you read all of those things for starters, you can't help, I couldn't help, but be able to just immediately make a top 10 list of things that could actually be changed. For Massimo Bergamini, a new national museum policy is paramount. The last one was created in the 1970s, focusing heavily on easing divisions between French and English Canada. The institutional and financial frameworks that might have served the sector and the country well 50 years ago are not adapted to a Canada which has changed dramatically. 
the tensions, the stresses today are not the tensions and the stresses of 50 years ago. And I would argue, as a matter of fact, that in many ways, the stresses, tensions, and fractures that we face today as a country are more acute and more difficult to address than those of 50 years ago, where there were institutional solutions. Repatriation of the Constitution was one way. Answering the question, what Quebec wants, as complex as it may have seemed, appears quite quaint today when we're looking at the kind of cultural fissures that we have in our country. Adding to the challenges of decolonization and repatriation are allegations of system discrimination at the employment level, including the hiring process. The reality of the colonial system is it's quite large and it's embedded in everything we do. And that's part of the reason that this work is complicated. So within museums, the type of support can be anything from hiring practices that value knowledge gained through lived experience as much as academic experience to being flexible in terms of people taking the time they need to go into community and do ceremony to giving people the time to actually engage in the traditional practices that have resulted in the material culture that's in the museum so that we better understand right from the harvesting of a material through to the production of a material, through to even the use of that material. So it's very difficult, for instance, a collection manager and a collection manager job description in any given museum has some pretty specific parameters, has a educational requirement and probably an experience requirement. And often it will say, must have experience working with collections. So who defines what a collection is? How do you count that to get somebody in and shortlist them for an interview in the first place? Even at that level, at an entry-level position, it's very difficult to get Indigenous candidates in to get them that experience. These are difficult times, but they're also times of reflection and times and, and opportunities for exploring new ways. So they're exciting times as well. And there's a sense within the community of effervescence, you know, a sense that this is an opportunity to tear down some of the old constructs of the past and try to build something better going forward. And that happens to be the theme of our conference this year. But the path to tearing down old constructs is a complicated road. Before reconciling the past, uncovering and dealing with the truth is essential. More on that in our next episode. The Canadian Museum Association is the voice for Canada's vibrant museum community. From small volunteer-driven organizations to national institutions, and for the millions of Canadians whose lives are enriched by museums. The Canadian Museums Association podcast is made possible, thanks in part, to funding from the Department of Canadian Heritage as part of the CMA Strengthening the Museum Workforce Initiative.